If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 33 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, February 9th, 2020. Let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. Yankees pitchers and catchers report in just a couple of days. The first spring training game is in 13 days. An opening day against the Baltimore Orioles is 46 days away as it gets closer and closer. The countdown continues. Now, before we go into today's episode, I just wanted to make a couple of quick announcements regarding Yapping Yankees and where we're at here at episode 33. Can't believe we're here already this deep into the podcast. It's crazy. Time just flies on by. But I have a couple of announcements to make regarding the podcast and some changes that'll be coming within the next few weeks. So I announced this on Twitter this past week, and I wanted to get your takes on it in case you didn't see the tweet. But I did announce that I do plan on, within the next couple of weeks, either with episode 34 or 35, I'm still looking to a lot of things and and a couple of aspects I'm still trying to iron out. So it's not confirmed as of yet. But my hope is that within the next couple of weeks, within the next couple of episodes, maybe episode 34, 35, not quite sure yet, but within the next couple of weeks, I would like to expand Yapping Yankees even further to YouTube which would be the fourth platform that it's on. Right now, as you know, it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And I'm dying to get it to YouTube to even further expand on this podcast because, honestly, I'm yet to even hear one person say a bad thing about this podcast, which I am so appreciative for. I'm so glad that a lot of you out there find enjoyment in listening to Yapping Yankees. That makes me really, really happy. And I'm glad I could put out content that people really like to listen to and enjoy. But that tells me, why not try even harder to expand it even more into another platform like YouTube, which can get lots of exposure even more. So the plan is, within the next few weeks, I would like to get Yapping Yankees on YouTube, which then would lead to some more changes, which leads me to my next point. There is also potentially a logo change coming up. I also intend on making some changes to the Yapping Yankees logo. Now, the Yapping Yankees logo that is now has been the same since episode one. That debuted sometime last May or June. So this podcast has been going on for in a couple of more months. will be nearly a year already. It's crazy. But that is another plan to change the logo. So that's another change that's going to be coming. And also, as of today, I'm also using a new microphone. This is my third microphone I'm using for crying out loud. Mike, how many mics are you going to get? Well, what can I tell you? I have a love for microphones and I just love testing new ones out. The one that I'm using today is my brand new Yeti microphone that I just got this past week. 
and I hope it ends up sounding good. Yeti microphones are fantastic audio-wise, so I'm hoping this is really good, and it even further adds to the good quality that I try to put out there for you guys for Yapping Yankees each and every week. So those are just a few changes that have happened or are yet to happen with Yapping Yankees in the weeks coming. So I really do hope that you guys enjoy the changes, and I might even further ask you guys how you feel about the YouTube thing on social media. I might post a poll or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel as the week goes along. But for now, we do have some things to get to on episode 33. This should be a good episode as always, and not too long, kind of like the last week or two. But I do have a little brief announcement I would like to make for Yapping Yankees this week, and the same applies for all past episodes of Yapping Yankees, and that, just so you know, this episode and all the other past ones as well do not require any form of code-breaking or dark arts to comprehend the material within this podcast. If you don't pick up that reference, I leave it to you to figure it out. But that's all I'll be addressing on that subject because, as you know, if you do pick up that reference, you'll know that I've beaten that subject to a dead horse on this podcast, as have many other baseball podcast hosts, likely. So that's all I'll say regarding that. But but regardless, let's get right into the poll segment for this week. The week was going along. I was brainstorming some poll questions, as I always do every week for the show, and I did come up with one. So, of course, as we do every week, we'll start off on Twitter. And I want to thank each and every one of you before we get into this again. Those of you who voted, replied, interact with it, retweet it, fave it, whatever you can do on Twitter. I really appreciate the interaction as always. This week's question was as follows for episode 33. How do you feel about injuries for this coming season? Do you feel they'll be a problem again? Now, this question sort of surfaces from another big piece of breaking news that came out throughout this week for the Yankees. And of course, I'm going to get to that later in case you may or may not know what that already is. But regardless, just hang tight. We'll get to it in a bit with the news discussion. But this was the question for this week. Again, how do you feel about injuries for this season? Do you feel they will be a problem again? The three choices are these. The first choice as a vote is, yes, they will be a problem again. The second is, eh, maybe, and maybe the new staff may help things out. And the third choice is, no, things will be better. And the choice of, eh, maybe the new staff will help things, won 47% against the 37% of people that voted for, no, things will be better. And then the 16% that said, yes, they will still be a problem again this year. So many of you seem to think, eh, they'll still be around. But you also definitely think, as we discussed in last week's episode, that the new training staff, because we know the Yankees had a major overhaul of the training staff, which going into the offseason was a big wish from a lot of Yankee fans, including myself. They did have a massive overhaul of the training staff. And a lot of you evidently in this poll are confident that they will help to improve things with how much of a train wreck the injury bug was throughout 2019. And God help us all if it's anywhere near anything like that ever again, because we all know how much hell it was to get through that season. At the same time, you may say, Mike, stop whining about it because, hey, the Yankees still got 103 wins out of it. And yes, I agree with that as well. But if you say it's not at least a little difficult to get through 30 plus injuries, then I don't know what to tell you. That's about as difficult as it gets. It was a Major League Baseball record and you get the deal by now because you went through it as a Yankee fan in 2019. But because of the breaking news that came out throughout this week about a certain Yankee being on the shelf and just in light of how popular of a topic the injuries are throughout this offseason and how popular of a topic inevitably it was throughout 2019, I thought I might throw this question out there with spring training right around the corner and gouge your thoughts about what you're thinking about the injuries going into 2020. So those were the results again. Again, the winner by 47% was eh, the new training staff may help things. So you're confident that they may help. So let's get right into the replies. We'll start off with at Black Rebirth 52 
and he says injuries always happen. It's the nature of the sport. However, I don't see as many injuries as last year. I think aside from the Paxton injury, I don't see many major injuries as last year. Hopefully the new training staff sees to it. So I suppose, James, that you voted for the new training staff may help. And that seems to be what most people voted for. Then we add my girlfriend at Vic Salimo says, Injuries are bound to happen when you put as much stress on your bodies as athletes do. I don't think that they will be as much of an issue as last season. I think that the new staff will help big time, and they learned from last season what and what not to do for their bodies. Well, I agree. If you seem to be going on a certain approach for working out, and yeah, and yeah, some injuries are not preventable regardless of what you do when you work out or not work out. That's true as well. But if you were doing a certain workout routine and you found yourself when you were a part of the Yankees in 2019, if you found yourself to be constantly getting hurt, you may think about changing some things up and seeing how it fares for 2020 if the same thing happens or maybe if you have better results. So that's definitely true. That could be that they could make some changes. And also, they have the new training staff, which, by the way, and, and I'll mention that again even more throughout the replies, this training staff tends to have a very good reputation that the Yankees really used in this overhaul. So I'm really looking forward to that. But even if they found any faults in the Yankee players' workouts, I assume they helped to fix it as well. Then we had at Laura underscore Eismont says, I think the new staff will help alleviate some of the injuries this season. Obviously, they're still bound to happen, but I'm being optimistic in that the Yankees won't have that many in 2020. And yeah, I really can't imagine they have as many as they did in 2019. My head would explode. I can't deal with that. (laughs) At Tegan Graham 23 says, it's hard to have worse injuries than last season. That was an unprecedented amount of IL stints for the Yanks. Things can really only get better from last season. Unless the coronavirus gets to our Yanks, we should be fine. (laughs) Well, let's hope, you know, there are cases of the coronavirus in the United States, so let's just keep your fingers crossed with that. (laughs) It's funny, though. At Laker477 says things will get better. I refuse to think otherwise. There will be injuries. It's inevitable. But I'm confident that we won't see a repeat of the number and severity of injuries that we saw last season. I agree with that, and and I hope that's true. At Peace Now for Life says, I hope that things will be better. Trying to be optimistic because it can't possibly be like last year. I'm sure the new training staff has done research during the offseason and they will be prepared to help all players stay healthy. Now, I would like to hope, like many of you, that it's nowhere near or can't reach the severity of last season. But honestly, you never know what this life has in store for us. There are surprises and curveballs thrown at us all the time, and I definitely agree with you guys that realistically, considering it shattered the Major League Baseball injury record in 2019, I would like to think it can't get anywhere near that again, but you just never know in this life. I mean, you had the previous injury record that people were like, oh my god, that was bad, and then the Yankees just shattered that record last season, and who knows, in any future season, it could be even worse than the 2019 injury debacle with the Yankees, you just never know. You just don't. But I really align with all of you in thinking that, hey, it really can't possibly be worse than last season, and I hope it isn't. Then we have my good friend at Little Gel says, Injuries are part of the game, unfortunately, so they will always be an issue for every team every year. However, I'm hopeful that the new staff will help, and it won't be nearly as bad as last year because that was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. 100%. It was absolutely absurd. At BombersFan1 says, Yanks hired some of the best trainers in sports, so you gotta believe things will be better in 2020 than 2019. It sure as hell can't be worse. I hope so, but again, you just never know. 
at MountainGal456 says, I can't predict what will happen this season, but I would like to think and hope the new staff will make a big difference. Saying my prayers. I'm right beside you, Tina. I'm saying my prayers too about it, and I hope everybody else is. We should get a prayer circle together for injuries and just hope that they don't happen. Just fight off that injury bug. At Pastor Mike GHCC says, It would be hard to imagine them being worse, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be, but I'm sure it was hard to imagine the previous injury record being worse if the Yankees just shattered that. You just never know. You just don't. At Yanks Bar says, Can't possibly be as bad as last year. That was worst case scenario. Can't predict the future, though. That That's really it right there. You'd like to imagine that it can't possibly be worse, but you never know what the future has in store. That's it right there. At the Pinch Hitter 2 says, Seeing as they had the most injured roster in MLB history last year, it can't possibly be worse. I can't imagine they will have as many. It has to be better. Well, I'd like to imagine that too. But there was a team before this that had the injury record, and yet the Yankees blew past that. (laughs) I mean, we'll see. At Brian underscore TGP says, Unless you're a doctor for the team and have evaluated each player, then there's no possible way you know what the future holds when it comes to injuries, so why be pessimistic? Well, there are certain people that think, hey, just injuries are just much more prevalent nowadays because of the way athletes train, or just that they'll always be a part of the game, or they just think that the negative thoughts from last year, that the seemingly never-ending injury debacle, is just going to carry into this year. You just never know. It's just the way people think. But I agree. I mean, just remain positive going into the season, and whatever happens, happens. At official 52011 underscore 2 says, hopefully things will get better with the new staff. I would like to think they do because, again, as I mentioned before, this new training staff has a really good reputation behind them. A lot of them are really, really good and well-spoken of. At Shark Merman says, I mean, they can't possibly be worse, but having Hicks and Paxton already on the shelf does not inspire confidence. I understand that. I mean, it's never good to start the season and already have two big guys like that on the shelf, but those are things that are, that we go back to last season for. So maybe coming into this season with all the people that were injured last season and they just come into 2020, just hitting the reset button, fresh start, and things are different. At Wuthrich24 says, things will be better for sure. New staff has more emphasis on stretching rather than just getting jacked. If that's the case, then maybe more stretching will help things. That definitely helps muscles to be more limber and loose, and that couldn't hurt. At R Mainer 2 says, cautious optimism. Hope the new staff will be a difference maker. I hope so too. At Hollywood Sport 3 says, let's hope the new faces bring better vibes and less injuries. All right. At Par 4 Tom says, this team insists on working out like football players. They need to be more like hoopsters, long and lengthy, not bulked up and tight. There are certain players, I'm sure, trained to be more stretched out and loose, and then there are more players that just train to be very, very strong. I guess I guess it just depends on which one, and you can make arguments for either side. But obviously, if certain players that had a lot of injury troubles throughout 2019 approach this new training staff, who apparently a lot of them, as I said before, are well-spoken of, and they see their workout routine and they think that they should take another route, I'm sure they've had it recommended to them already, and will continue to have it recommended to them throughout camp, I'm sure. At Carl underscore Arnold 28 says, can't be worse than last year. Some of those were beyond the training staff. Last year was historically bad with injuries. It was historically bad. Broke the Major League Baseball record, as other people said previously in their replies. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, not every injury is due to the training staff and not everything is preventable by the training staff or by the even the player at hand. But at the same time, you have to hope that the training staff could still help prevent at least some of the things that probably burden players throughout 2019. You have to hope. 
at DM Devante says they've been snake bit too often to not be proactive, much less repeat mistakes. I would hope so. You make a mistake, you hope to learn from it. That's the point of making mistakes in this life, isn't it? At Dave Bell one says they will still be a problem. They can't be as bad as last year, but significant still. Already Paxton, Hicks counts too, Sanchez won't be healthy for the entire season, even with Boone spelling him, and Stanton and Judge will not play the whole year. I mean, whether or not Sanchez, Stanton, or Judge end up playing the entire year, that remains to be seen. I don't want to sit here and try to predict the future, but the last couple of years, I see why you would think that. They're yet to prove that they could play through an entire season the last couple of seasons, so they'll obviously have to do so to prove you wrong and prove anyone else wrong, and that's fair. You know, you say, I think this way, but have them prove me wrong. I understand that way of thinking. I personally hope that they do play through the whole year and shut everybody up. That's what I hope. And finally, we have at Alt Post says New York Jets drafted a lot of top athletes instead of football players in the late 60s to 80s and had a lot of injuries. Derek Jeter was a baseball player, not a great athlete. He lasted a long time. Yankees have a lot of great athletes now, and they are becoming part-time players. Well, yeah, with the certain amount of games they've played in the last few years, yeah, they've certainly had a lot of games taken away from them with injuries. That's true. I don't really like to compare football to baseball. I know that's probably not exactly what you're doing. I do understand what you're trying to say. But at the same time, I don't like to compare football instances to baseball instances. Not really. Because they're both very different physicality-wise. And also about Derek Jeter, I don't know about him not being a great athlete. I consider somebody who had nearly 3,500 hits in their career a damn fine athlete. (laughs) But... Those are the replies for this week's poll on Twitter. I'd like to thank you all again for voting and replying as always. We'll head over to Instagram really quick and then we'll get into the news discussion today. Just a few stories to get into and briefly discuss before we wrap up episode 33. So again, let's get to Instagram. The same question, of course, applies. But again, I sort of had to do a little bit of a change with the voting choices because again, I had three voting choices on Twitter. And when it comes to Instagram, they only allow you two voting choices. So I had to modify the voting choices a bit. And it, it wasn't as hard as last week. Last week's poll was really challenging to do that with. Because I had four choices that I had to shrink down to two. But again, the same question applies, obviously. How do you feel about injuries for this season? Do you feel they'll be a problem again? And instead of having that little eh option for the second choice out of three on Twitter, for Instagram, I simply just asked yes or no as the two choices. Yes, they'll be a problem or no, they won't be a problem. And the choice of no was victorious, 60% against 40% of people that said yes, they will still be a problem. And we do have a couple of replies to get to, so we'll get to those. We'll start off with Capture00 says, Poor judgment with Paxton. New year, same nonsense. All right, so Capture00 says, We're going to see the same thing in 2020. Please, God, let that be false. (laughs) My mom also replied on Instagram. Julia Gina Scudero says, No, things will be better because of the new training staff. Fair enough. I always like the positivity for sure. And lastly, we have Kevin YC0816 says, Absolutely not. Players hit a bump, but we have players who manage to take their place and produce. So I guess what you're trying to say is even if it does happen again, we have players behind the scenes and we'll have yet another next man up team that picks up the slack and does well. I love that way of thinking as well because that is certainly true and it shows you the depth of the Yankees organization, how they were prepared for anything with how they were still, again, able to notch 103 wins out of the 2019 season where they had over 30 injuries, (laughs) which is just crazy. So I definitely respect that logic, Kevin, and I like that optimism right there that even if it does remotely happen again, even get remotely close to what happened in 2019, we got players that are ready to take the place and just keep it going, keep producing. I love that. 
So again, to the Instagram voters and repliers again, and also to Twitter, thank you all so much as always for interacting. And as always, I appreciate it more than I can say. I truly, truly do. Makes a podcast that much more fun to do, and I hope listen to. (laughs) But regardless... That is all for the poll segment for this week, so let's get to the news portion of the podcast for today. We have a couple of stories going on here that are worth talking about, and first up, I did want to briefly talk about something that I forgot to bring up last week. Now, I'll be honest, last week's episode, because of the Super Bowl, I recorded it and released it on Saturday, a day that I was very busy on, because I really didn't want to release episode 32 the same day as the Super Bowl, because as I explained, I do understand that most people in the country, myself being one of them, on Super Bowl Sunday are just thinking about one thing, and they're thinking about the Super Bowl. So I totally get it. I wouldn't want to release a podcast the day that the Super Bowl is, is happening. So what I chose to do was record and release last week's episode, episode 32, on Saturday, February 1st. And I was also pretty busy on Saturday. That was a busy day for me. So I sort of rushed the episode and I forgot this one story. I'll be honest. So I'll bring it back up again this week for the first story of discussion for today. And I'll just briefly run through it. It was announced last week that Curtis Granderson announced his retirement. And I did want to say a few words regarding this announcement because I was a big fan of Curtis Granderson and his days on the Yankees. I was always a fan of his because of his charitable efforts, his personality, his way on and off the field, the way he conducted himself. I was always a fan of Granderson. And then, of course, on the Yankees also, when he had those seasons when he hit 40 home runs, he had two seasons when he hit 40 home runs at least. And it was really, really special because in his career prior to the Yankees, he wasn't, he wasn't primarily known for his power. And you can contribute it to the Yankees' short porch and right field. I know people just love to jump to that right away. But not every home run was from the short porch. I mean, Granderson hit some real bombs in his time here. He, he really turned on the power. So between watching his skill as a Yankee on the field and seeing how he conducted himself off the field, I just really came to love Curtis Granderson. I really was a big fan of his. And then when he left the Yankees, I was, I was really sad. I really wish that they won a ring with him. I really do. And I missed him when he was gone. But especially when you look at the end of his career, when he finished off with Miami, he really was having a tough time playing. I mean, I think in his last season, he was batting in the 100s, if I'm not mistaken. And that was kind of tough to watch. And I was like, I think the time's coming to a close for Granderson. And it turned out that it was time. So while I'm sad to see him retire, I'm also glad at the career he had and the person he is. And I just wanted to briefly address that. I just wanted to say congratulations to Curtis Granderson on an awesome career. And thank you for making a big fan out of me on your time on the Yankees. And even when you were on any other team, just the way you carried yourself, it was just great. And I really enjoyed watching you, especially as a Yankee. And congratulations on your career. I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer, but that still doesn't take away anything that I thoroughly enjoyed watching him do in his time as a player. So congratulations to Granderson on a great career. I would have no regrets, especially considering the way he carried himself as a person. And I did just want to bring that up and address that. You know, I did know that was going on. And it is something that should be discussed on a Yankees podcast because obviously the guy spent time as a Yankee and he did good things here. And because I forgot to bring it up on last week's episode because I was rushing, I did want to bring it up on this week's episode because I didn't want it to just fall by the wayside. And I didn't want time to pass without me showing appreciation to Grandison for the things he did, both as a Yankee and not as a Yankee, because of how big of a fan of his I was. So... Again, congratulations to Granderson on a fine career, and just continue being you, man, because you're you're as likable as they come. You're one of the good guys. 
But also in this week of news, again, there wasn't that much going on other than the next couple of things I'll be talking about, but they are worth definitely discussing because they are big deals. This will be our second to last news story for episode 33, and that is that there was a blockbuster trade that supposedly at first, and we'll get into why it has not gone through of yet, that supposedly went down between the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the Minnesota Twins, a three-way blockbuster trade. Now, we'll get into what this trade entailed and who the names were in this trade. But it was held up due to one of the person's medical records, Bruce Star Gratterall, who was supposed to go from the Twins to the Red Sox. Supposedly, his medical records were a concern to the Red Sox at first, and the trade was put on hold because of that. But then, as of yesterday, it appeared that the Twins backed out of the deal because apparently the Red Sox demanded another prospect at the last minute, or such was rumored at the time. Probably realized because it wasn't a good trade, and we'll get into that trade in just a moment, but they probably realized it wasn't a good trade for them, and now that's resulted in this whole entire thing appearing to crumble, which is just, as a Yankee fan, is very funny to watch. Now, the original blockbuster three-way trade that was supposed to happen, and supposedly happened right when the news came out about it being official, before it was pulled back because of the medical records, and now the Twins backing out, but the original deal was supposed to send Mookie Betts and David Price to Los Angeles, and the Red Sox were still going to pay like half of Price's money that was still owed to him, which is a lot of money, and that was primarily the reason why the Red Sox got rid of David Price to dump his salary, yet they were still going to pay about half of it. I mean, they had to pay at least a portion of it. I can't imagine a team would just say, yeah, give me David Price and I'll, I'll take all the money. So the Red Sox were still going to pay like half the money owed to him, apparently. And the Dodgers would send Alex Verdugo to Boston and Kenta Maeda to the Twins, and the Twins would send Bruce Starr Gratterall to the Red Sox. So at the end of it all, Betts and Price would go to Los Angeles, Verdugo and Gratterall would be Red Sox, and Kenta Maeda would be a twin. All we know is that the Twins have appeared to have backed out of this deal, and it was really bizarre because at first you really thought this trade went through. And this is a big deal because, you know, you're saying goodbye as a divisional opponent to Mookie Betts, which he's one of the top players in baseball. So you're saying goodbye to him, and not only saying goodbye to him as far as not even being in the same division as him, but being in a different league. He would be headed to the NL West. You would, you'd barely have to deal with him unless maybe by some possibility the Yankees and Dodgers met in the World Series. Then you'd have to deal with him. But it's a big deal because the Yankees had to deal with him routinely because he was on the Red Sox. And of course, the Yankees and Red Sox play each other pretty damn frequently. So this is a big deal. And that's why I felt this should be mentioned on this podcast because it's a big thing and could majorly affect how the Red Sox do this year because Mookie Betts is definitely a difference maker. Again, it seemed the trade went through. And then there were concerns over Gratterold's medical records. And then as of yesterday, the Twins backed out because something was mentioned last minute about a prospect, I believe, on behalf of the Red Sox because they realized, hey, I don't think this trade is a good thing. And there's been public outcry over this. And then the Twins said, you know what? We're going to back out of this. If you want to get rid of Mookie Betts or you want to work out some sort of a trade, you're going to have to deal with the Dodgers alone. We're out. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's crazy. Hey, guys. So let me explain quickly. <laughs> Just so you know, this is future me popping into this portion of the episode literally in the middle of editing. It's now in the evening, and I was recording in the early afternoon hours ago. And I didn't want this released without officially notifying you that this deal was literally just reworked and officially done now in the evening when I was nearly done editing. (laughs) So this part of me telling you the official deal, and hopefully it's official this freaking time, is being recorded after I already recorded the rest of this show and was in the middle of editing. So let's let's do a quick recap. First off, 
There was the original deal I mentioned earlier that almost went through. Then there were apparently medical record issues with Gratterall. Then the twins backed out upon supposedly last-minute requests and negotiating from the Red Sox. Now, as you'll hear, this deal now still involves the twins again. It just goes to show you how whacked-out reporting has become. But here it is, just so we can finally put this fiasco to rest. <laughs> Bets and Price are headed to the Dodgers, along with cash from the Red Sox, which will pay for about half of what Price is still owed over the next three seasons, as I said previously. Outfielder Alex Verdugo, shortstop Jeter Downs, and catching prospect Connor Wong are headed to Boston, and the Dodgers are sending Kenta Maeda and cash to the Twins in exchange for Gratterall and, according to Jeff Passan, the 67th pick in the draft. So judging by the deal I said earlier that was originally being worked out, if you compare that to this deal that is hopefully officially done, physicals still have to go through of course, you can see aspects of it that mainly stayed the same and aspects that were added and or changed. So that's that. The rest of this episode from this point forward will now be the remainder that I had already previously recorded earlier. Just wanted to throw this update in. Hope this doesn't confuse you, but blame them for not being able to work out a trade. Not me. <laughs> so thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And lastly, the final piece of news, which is much less comedic, especially for us Yankee fans. It was announced in the middle of the week that James Paxton had back surgery to remove a cyst on Wednesday. The specifics of the surgery was that it was a microscopic lumbar disectomy with the removal of the cyst. And the original report said Paxton is going to miss three to four months. So this obviously set off a firestorm because, of course, we know what the Yankees went through last season with the injuries, as many people also mentioned in the replies to the poll regarding Paxton. This, this is what they were talking about, obviously. But this, this, is a, this was pretty shocking news. It seemed to come out of nowhere, but apparently this wasn't something that was out of nowhere internally with the Yankees. Joel Sherman came out with some tweets the day that the news broke on Wednesday, same day as the surgery. Joel Sherman said he spoke with Brian Cashman and he told him that Paxton first experienced the pain in the final week of the regular season and received treatment in Texas that he responded to and pitched well. Like in games that we saw against the Astros in Game 5, the ALCS, we saw much of a warrior he was in that game. And again, you know that I believe that that's the game where he truly earned his pinstripes, truly remarkable. And he was managing fine in the offseason when they were conservatively treating it, but then the problems came back about a month ago. And then the advice again when the pain resurfaced in the offseason about a month ago was injections again and more conservative treatment to see if surgery could be avoided, but the pain continued to linger and then Paxton underwent the surgery on Wednesday. So that's what Joel Sherman was told by Brian Cashman. Now, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, that if this was a problem, then they should have known a while back and performed the surgery sooner, so Paxson would barely have to miss any time, if any at all. But here's the thing, and I'll tell you this. It seemed in this that every doctor was in agreement that surgery was not needed at first. And I'll tell you from personal experience, as a person with back problems, I have scoliosis. Now, scoliosis, you're, I know you're, what you're saying, Mike, scoliosis is totally different from a cyst. What the hell's the matter with you? But just hear me out. Because it's sort of the same subject, it has to do with the back, and the same fundamentals apply in this aspect. When it comes to back issues, and I could tell you this because I've dealt with them myself as well, but when it comes to back issues, doctors will do everything they can to see what can be done to avoid surgery with the back. Because the back is something that's very severe to do surgery on. It's not something that doctors just jump to, like, oh, surgery, right away. Unless they see right from the beginning that it's the only thing that will work. If they have any confidence at all, 
that anything could help, they're going to try that first before resorting to surgery because it's not something they jump to when it comes to the back. Because it's a very important part of the body to operate on. It really is. The doctors want to do all they can before they jump to surgery. And it's said in the reports that the doctors that looked at Paxson at first, they all agreed that surgery was not needed at the time. They thought the conservative treatment could fix it. And it did for a while, according to what Joel Sherman's saying, but the pain came back. These things happen. It's a part of the human body. It's part of human nature. It happens. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. And no one's more upset about it than Paxton. But it happens, especially when you're an athlete. And when he said that it was happening all the way going back to Texas, could that have been what they were talking about when he was having issues with his butt, apparently. I don't know how many of you remember that. He had pain there after he pitched in Texas and he was taken out of the game early. And I'm wondering if the cyst had to do with that or if just the back pain leading to the development of the cyst that he had removed was causing that sort of pain. I wonder if the two are linked. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, and maybe that report came out about whether they are or are not, but I have not heard it, but I would not be surprised if they are linked to each other because oftentimes... A lot of pain from the back can shoot down to that area, so that's that wouldn't surprise me. But nonetheless, it sounded like the doctors were on the same page. Right when this was going on, surgery was not needed. But when the conservative treatment was gone through with and the pain came back, then they came to the determination, surgery is really all that we can do to fix this, especially because it involves a cyst. And sometimes cysts go away, sometimes they don't, but apparently Paxton's had to be operated on better sooner rather than later. And even though it took until this time for them to realize it needed surgery, listen, they did all they could to treat it conservatively. I'm not angry about that, especially because I know doctors thinking when it comes to back problems because I have back problems myself. Again, not the same as a cyst. It's scoliosis, something different. But at the same time, the same fundamental applies. When it comes to the back, doctors want to do everything they can to treat it as conservatively as possible without having to jump right to surgery. Because back surgery is severe. I mean, you can argue that almost every surgery is severe, but think about how important your back is. I mean, come on. And then Joel Sherman released a tweet even more so having to do with their actions in the offseason having to do with Hap and saying that their actions with Hap were actually linked to seeing how this pain was doing with Paxton. He said that he had also spoken to Cashman about this. He said part of the reason the Yankees held on to Hap was because they were waiting to see how this back issue resolved with Paxton. Because obviously for a while the Yankees were shopping Hap and a lot of fans were in support of that primarily because of how much money he's making and did very poorly for most of last season. And we knew that Hap was the favorite for the five spot in the rotation regardless whether or not Paxton was going to be a part of it at the start of the season, which, as we know now, he's not going to be a part of it at the start of the season. But Hap was still a favorite for the five spot, and now Paxton being out opens up even another spot. So now you could definitely be sure, even with Hap as the favorite, that now he's definitely going to be a part of the rotation. And we can only hope that Hap has improved over what he was for most of 2019, because there were countless starts where Hap was just brutal to watch, as we all know. But yeah, this is tough news, and I, and I understand why people would be frustrated. I myself was shocked at first about this news because there really wasn't much reporting going on at all about supposed back issues that they were waiting on regarding Paxton. But, you know, once surgery's done, you can't really keep it under wraps for much longer. But I appreciate the doctors for doing all they could conservatively. And apparently it was working at first because this goes back to Texas, and he went out there and pitched against Houston weeks later in Game 5 of the ALCS against the Astros, and pitched one of the best games of his life, probably, and was an absolute warrior throughout, not showing any signs of pain or injury after what he had in Texas. So it was apparently working at first, but the issue came back. 
That's what happens. It happens, guys. What are you going to do? Then they came to the conclusion, surgery must be done. They did it, and here we are. I think that's why it came as a shock to so many people, including myself. But there was also something else that came out that was also baffling to some people. A report that came out from Scott Boris, which, of course, Scott Boris is with James Paxton. He's his agent. And John Heyman released what Boris said in this tweet, saying that James Paxton will be back sooner than has been estimated slash suggested following his microscopic lumbar disectomy, according to agent Scott Boris. And Scott Boris, in quotes, said, quote, we're very optimistic he'll be back in the first third of the season, end quote. Now, the original report said three to four months, which, if you do it from the beginning of February, means the beginning of May to the beginning of June. But then other people are saying, of course, that people aren't sure if that involves rehabbing, coming back, building back, you know, building back up. Even when you're clear to start working out again, start throwing, maybe put in the minor league rehab program, come back. And then, of course, when you're back, start accumulating innings and getting back to where you were before. Coming back from injury is no short process most of the time. Now, when Boris said the first third of the season, now, it, it can be confusing because then you have to really start doing math. When you want to picture how long the season really is, it's from the end of March now, the last couple of seasons it started, and it's going to start like that again this year. The first regular season game opening day against the Orioles for the Yankees is March 26th. So you go from the end of March, and the season ends at the end of September. So that's about six months from March to September. So the first third of the season, if you do a third of that, is within the first two months. So now you're saying... That maybe, the, my thought process is that since it was May or June last time, maybe now May is more likely. But then again, does coming back mean starting a rehab process earlier? Or is he done with his rehabbing by then already? These are questions that people ask. And when he just said first third of the season, people were like, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I don't blame you for thinking that way. It was, it's a kind of an odd statement to make. But at the same time, I just think that he was talking about the fact that maybe May will be more likely. I don't know for sure. I'm not Scott Boris. You'd have to ask him to get really specific about exactly what he meant. But he came out with that statement. And so now they're saying Paxson may be back sooner than expected. And of course, we all hope that he's back as soon as possible. But at the same time, the discussion came about in Paxson's absence, who will take his place and who might take the fifth spot in the rotation. Me personally, I think spring training will be a big determining factor with this. I also think that even though Hap, as I said before, was already the favorite for the five spot, with the rotation being at full strength and Paxton being there, I definitely think that Hap is definitely slated to be in the rotation now, whether or not he already was the favorite for the fifth spot. But of course, that fifth spot now completely vacated is a question mark. And again, I think spring training is going to be a big determining factor for this. I don't know if they may go with an opener for that fifth day until Paxton comes back. Or if they're going to have one of the young guys slayed in for that, they could have King in that spot. They could have Davey Garcia in that spot. They could have a number of different people. Jordan Montgomery. Me, personally, I want Jordan Montgomery in the rotation. I love Jordan Montgomery. And you've probably heard me say on this podcast many times before, maybe even as recently as last week, that I really appreciate his consistency. He's a workhorse. He puts out innings. He really gives you a lot of the same thing a lot of the time. Has a lot of good pitches in his arsenal. And you get more or less a similar outing almost all the time. He hardly ever gets bombed. And he really puts out solid outings almost every time he's out there. And I do want to see what he can do with a full season under his belt again. Because, of course, he only came back at the very end of 2019 after his Tommy John surgery. He got hit pretty hard at some times. But you got to remember how much time he also missed. And how he just sort of came back in the last month there. It's not easy to adjust like that at the end of the season when the regular season's winding down and you missed a whole year. 
after such a massive surgery. So I want to see Montgomery have the entire 2020 season under his belt, and I'd like to see him in the rotation. And then maybe someone like Garcia or King, maybe they can get a long relief role in the bullpen, or maybe you give them a shot in the rotation. I don't know. But the point of what I'm trying to say is, I really wouldn't worry if I'm a Yankee fan, which of course I am a Yankee fan, duh. But I really wouldn't worry about the absence of Paxton because not only do I think it'll only be within maybe the first two, three months of the season, which all things considered, it could be much worse. You know, there are players that miss the entire season all the time because of surgery or because of an injury. So we will see Paxton in 2020, just a matter of exactly when. But in his absence, the Yankees have plenty of other options that could help get them through. And of course, if you look at this past offseason, you got Cole now. You still have Severino. You still have Tanaka. You still have a great bullpen. You have a lineup that could frequently outslug other teams. And of course, you have these great backup options, the young kids in the farm that could come up and with good spring trainings could make a big name for themselves. So you just never know, and especially because of how the Yankees proved how they could just throw people out there if there are a lot of injuries to happen, and still have the team produce in an extraordinary way. So my point is, I'm not worried about this team. I'm not worried about them. And even though Paxton is going to miss some time in the rotation, they have plenty of other options to go with, and things could still go perfectly fine. And then when Paxton comes back, slate him right back in the rotation. And I would still have Jordan Montgomery in the fifth spot. My ideal rotation, I don't know if you agree, is Cole, Severino, Paxton, Tanaka, and Montgomery. Now you could put Tanaka as three, Paxton as four, what what have you. I don't care. But those are the five names I want in the rotation. Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, James Paxton, Masahiro Tanaka, and Jordan Montgomery. Those are the five names I want in my ideal Yankees rotation in 2020, once Paxton is back. So again, what I'm saying is to not worry, even though Paxton is gone for now, for the first couple of months of the season at least, they have other options, and we'll see what happens. And again, this is why spring training is so exciting to me, because when there are times where spots need to be filled on a team, and guys are looking to make a name for themselves and make the major league roster for the regular season, spring training is a good time to determine who wins certain positions or spots on the team, and that makes it all the more exciting to me. And the Yankees have that going on in multiple positions. We're going to see what's going on with Duhar. We're going to see with the rotation now. We were going to see with the rotation regardless of whether or not Paxson was injured. But now we're going to see it even more so. So that's what makes spring training fun. And don't forget, pitchers and catchers are reporting in a matter of a couple of days. And the first spring training game against the Blue Jays for the Yankees is on the 22nd, which is only 13 freaking days away. I know you're just as excited about it as I am. I can't freaking wait. But as for now, that is all the discussion that we have for today on episode 33 of Yapping Yankees. I'd like to thank you so much for listening. One last shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys, and be sure to also follow me, Mike Scudero, on all social medias while you're at it. You're listening to my podcast. Why the hell wouldn't you be following me on social media, right? Be sure to go find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, the social media app where I am most disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And be sure to follow me on Instagram as well, 
at Mike Scuds 97 And also one last quick thing, I want to tip my cap to each and every one of you that help interact with Yapping Yankees each and every week, especially with the polls, with the voting, the replying, the discussion. It's all a ton of fun every single week, as you know. And I tip my cap to each and every one of you, you listeners, voters, repliers, or if you're all of the above or even more, I thank you so, so much as always. Thank you, 3000, for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, February 16th, when I come at you with episode 34 of Yapping Yankees, when Yankee players will be in Florida, ready for spring training to get underway. Until then, have yourselves a great week, and take care. (laughs) 